and action. Welcome to it. Welcome to series three of Whiskey Unscripted. Goldmandas, how are you? Oh, it's like Netflix. People will be wanting to be, be waiting to binge listen and binge watch now, potentially. Whiskey Rick? Unscripted season three is here. We're very excited. How are you? Very well, Gordon. I am still in what's called the sauna. And you are right. Previously, series one and two were recorded on an audio format. But we, uh-huh. we felt that we wanted to see each other. And maybe people wanted to see a little bit of the... Bit of, bit of us. So we're recording this on Zoom. Have you ever heard of that platform? I've, no, I, I, it's not something I'm particularly familiar with. <laughs> Or this teams that people talk about, but I'm I'm surprised that I mean I think um, I think not many people want to see more of us, but hey, you're getting to see more of us. So uh, we just think obviously doing it on on Zoom or something like that, and we'll, we'll, we'll you know you'll still be able to listen to it as normal, but yep. um, you can also watch it. and It'll be on all of our channels: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We've got channels coming out of our ears. That's right. That's right. So just if you listen to this right now you'll realise that my phone's gone, so people are watching this live. Gordon. This is Let's... live. <laughs> Who is it? Why is your camera gone all funny? I, I have got... Um, I have got, got a very a... fancy camera, which... That's a live, Gordon, yes. Um, you've got a fancy camera which follows you around the room, so when your phone goes, the um, the um, camera follows you. So if you stand up... So if you're listening to this on a podcast, this will mean nothing to you. But if you're watching it on YouTube... It follows you around the room. So we'll maybe do Very a little fancy. tour of the sauna. Well, this is, Gordon, hopefully, you know, we are, and if you've never listened to this podcast before, from Ian McLeod Distillers. We are yeah. producers of whiskey. We're not people that are fans. Well, we are fans of whiskey, but we actually work for a company. I mean, what, what's interesting about that, again, if you were watching, is if you can see behind Gordon, there's a selection of products that we produce. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're producers. And I think that's what makes us a little bit different, is we can do insider's guides. We can bring you a little bit of a different way in terms of how we sell our whiskey, how we make our whiskey, how we market our whiskey. Um, and also, we want to be inclusive in the industry. As you can tell from the other seasons and the other uh, episodes, we've always talked to the wider industry as well. That's right. That's right. And, and part of the um, job that we do is bringing the stories to life. And I managed to persuade the powers that be to give me a fancy camera that follows you around the room. So we are talking about the stories and talking about the history of Tamdu or the history of Glengoyne, you can be standing up and moving your hands around and, and the camera follows you. And you can share the screen with all fancy images. So that's why, Gordon, as well, we, we want to try and bring some of the our stories to life from our brands. But this is Whiskey Inscripted, so we talk about all brands. Absolutely. Absolutely. On, that, on that point, Gordon, we can't start the show without asking, what are you tasting? Ah, well, I mean, I couple of exciting things i mean i um because i was fairly involved with it and it's something which i'm very excited about um i purchased a whiskey over christmas which was a rosebank 30 i'm very excited i'm 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 a proud owner of a rosebank i'm very happy about that because it's certainly something which yeah it's a great whiskey it's a a great uh distillery we started rebuilding this week um and yes. rosebank is on its way back which is great but i'm not going to drink that that is i'm keeping that because i've got some samples of it so i don't need to drink that yet <laughs> um, uh, God, is that one of these bottles you see 
do not touch the rose bank. You wake up the next morning with your mates and the rose bank's empty. Well, I mean, <laughs> don't let that happen. No, I'm going to put it in a locked cupboard, but I just want to actually show people who've nearly not seen this. So you unscrew this from the top. Lovely. I don't drop the bottle, Gordon. Do not drop the bottle. Oh, I um, see. There we are. Oh, wow. That is etching on the top. So yeah, again, not so great if you're listening on the on the podcast, but a beautiful bottle, the Rosebank, and so that's something which I said so that's a bit of an exciting whiskey purchase for me. I'm quite excited by that. But um, what I'm going to drink is my favourite. I thought I'd start off my my uh, this uh, podcast with my favourite, which is the Glengoyne 18. I've said this for about a year. I'm loving Glengoyne 18 at the moment. This is the old pack though. Not the new design. Um, so I've got to drink it so I can get a bottle of the new one. Um, yes. Still the same great whiskey, though. And you've got the new bottle there. That's so new bottle there. so this is really why we're doing it on video. We're doing it in Zoom so people can see. Zoom right into the, the, the new pack there. That's uh, yeah. fully recyclable from recycled materials. Yeah. Wonderful and great image. So that's great, Gordon. And what I love about that rose bank, I've never really seen that. It's almost like a podium the bottle stands yeah, on. It's beautiful. Isn't it's it? really beautiful. And it's been really so popular. It's sold out everywhere. So we're very excited about that. So we're now in early February. Can you? Oh, you're having a Tamdu. That, but which one's that? Batch that, strength? Four, batch five? Five. Five. five, five 59.8. Five, batch oh, five. So. 59.8. Bing. Just bang, Boom. At the end of a long day, this really is. Abs and and for, for January, for February, this is custom made. For our climate, and that's why I suppose it comes from Scotland, Gordon, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And we've had, and for those who are not based in Scotland, we've actually had really, really cold weather for about a month since Boxing Day, really. And Mm. this is all down to this cold, cold sitting over sort of Scandinavia, and it's just keeping all of these lows that normally come in and give us grief here. So it's been really cold, which is perfect for Tamdu and Sherry Cask whiskey. Sherry, I just love that warm. I love the finish on it. It's just really very yeah. warming and fabulous. so mouth coating. Absolutely fabulous. fabulous. And I've got a little special as well, Gordon, that um, I might have later on. I want you to Ooh, guess. Fantastic. Very, very special. Uh, just thought for the first right. episode, I've been keeping this for a while. It's a 34 year old whiskey. 34 years old. Sorry, that I'll, is I'll, special. my glasses went on 36 years old. Oh, right. We'll talk about that later. Right. I'm excited by that. Special. So, so, Gordon, every time we start these um, Whiskey Unscripted podcasts, we sort of task you to look at the news. But yeah. we stopped in mid-December. So, there's, you know, you've got about a month and a half yeah. that we have uh, missed well, since Series 2. So, I don't know if you can encapsulate a couple of months worth. Well, I mean, news is fairly... I mean, funnily enough, actually, when you come over that period of Christmas and New Year, there's not actually a lot of new products. There's not actually a lot of whiskey news because it generally gets the point in sort of early December that you're you're really wanting to get the, um, the sales teams and your distributors just to focus on selling. We know that, that Christmas and, and that run-up period has been very odd this year and very different and, you know challenging for a lot of people but it's the period that when we sell a lot of whiskey you probably sell you know in the last four months of the year you sell over 50 percent of your whiskey probably um and so it's a really sort of important period of time so there's not many releases happen in december um but i mean some of the big news obviously we're still in a pandemic where the distillery is closed uh, at Glengoyne, uh, uh, and um, the other thing is, and this is the thing that I'm still struggling to understand, is 
um, and I saw an article on it last week or early this week, was that, you know, the, the Scotch whiskey industry's lost $500 million or pounds of revenue from tariffs in the US. Yeah. And I'm still bemused why the EU and America cannot come to an agreement that this should just be forgotten about in the context of what is going on in the world. This really is unbelievable. Um, uh, and when you have a pandemic and you have economic hardship and you have economic issues and you have tariffs which are man-made and not um, anything but that, it is, I'm just bemused by why it's the small guys, the whiskey guys that suffer for big industry. And I'm still bemused by this. If I, I thought they were going to be taken off. I don't understand why they're not taken off. Um, it's affecting jobs in the US. It's affected jobs in Scotland. It's affected jobs all over the place. And it's not just Scotch whiskey. There's a whole load of other things. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I just find it unbelievable. Uh, and of course, however, we're, that is... we're, we're taxing the bourbon industry as well so it's like yeah exactly so it's, both it's, canceling it's, each other out well, pretty much it's just bonkers and I, I just don't understand it i'm really bemused by the whole thing so well you know we hopefully to, a new president may change something correct and to lighten things up gordon i did see that yes. just as we come off um series two just before christmas i think one of your favorite places or places of um choice kilhoman i saw past 15 years yes of production and you think it's yeah. been there for a long time when people look at it. It just seems to have always been there, but 15 Un years. Unbelievable. And, um, you know, I think what's amazing is that, you know, it, it really is for me. And I think even if you spoke to Anthony Wills, who's been running it and done such an amazing job for, for you know, probably more than 15 years, if we're honest, um, uh, he, you know, they've had to build bits as they go. and they, But they, they did it right. You know, they got really good people involved. They understood what they were trying to create. They've got a really good range and it's a tasty, tasty whiskey and they're great people. So, um, you know, I, I think I've said this before, uh, 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 someone who I hugely respected and I know John McClellan used to work for them, ex Buna Harvin and, and, and just, unfortunately he's not with us anymore, but he really was instrumental as was, uh, you know, other people feeding into what you're trying to create. And they've done it really, really well as a blueprint of how you would successfully want your distillery to be after 15 years. It's a prime example of, uh, of, um, you know, of that. And I think if I'm honest, there's so many new distilleries in Scotland over the last three, four, five years, that a lot of them have got to get it right. And a lot of them have, you know, there's some really interesting challenges for people coming forward with what's going on. And we, we know the, the nature of how Scotch whiskey is made and how it's sort of money heavy at the front and then the returns come over time. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that develops, uh, not just in Scotland, but around the world, because there's been such an explosion of distilleries, which is great. But um, unfortunately, history says they're not all going to survive. And, and that's just the nature of the beast. That's amazing, because I was looking at some of the whiskey shops just to get some inspiration. I saw Ardna Merkin, who we oh, spoke to. Yeah, Bruce yeah. Finlay, was it, earlier in the Alex in the Bruce, run? Alex, Alex Bruce. Bruce. Bruce Finlay was a, a DJ. Um, Alex Bruce. And I saw... Sold out in a couple of the shops, so they've done very yeah, they've well. They've done really well. They've done really well. And there's other people. Isle of Rassi launched their whiskey, uh, which I think has been hugely popular. And again, you know, you know, really, really, uh, um, you know, great story of the Isle of Rassi. And, and there's other yeah. whiskies that will be coming this year. So exciting time for sure. Exciting time for sure. And another piece of news that I noticed, Gordon, was, and I was very heartened by it, 
was the sheer volume of Burns activities mm. on the internet. Now, we've done a couple yeah. of the Burns nights yeah. um, down south, uh, London and all over the country, and I thought that was it. You know, that's a shame. It's not going to happen this year, but my goodness, did you see all the events? I've yeah, there was lots. Online. There was lots, and, and you know, I saw a few, and I, you know, I, I, I sort of dialed in briefly to one, and we did a really nice one, actually, with Smokehead, where, where Mikey, our colleague, did, and we discussed this back in sort of November, and uh, we decided Smokehead, a brand that's very different, should do a different Burns night. So three Smokeheads were sent out with a packet of Haggis crisps, <laughs> Haggis chocolate, and some seaweed sort of rolls that we would use for sushi. Uh, really, really different. <laughs> Got people engaged in a different way. Uh, and very smokehead, you know. So it's great, really, really good. What What are you That's writing down just, there, Gordon? What are you writing you, down? Well, you mentioned Mikey Sim, and you mentioned that we've talked about Christmas. So I'm just writing down: get Mikey some socks for next Christmas. Oh right, yeah. That's yeah, his yeah. wee Christmas list. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, you have got to have these insider jokes sometimes. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Gordon, the other bit of news that we bring is that we started a Facebook whiskey unscripted Facebook page. We did. We did. We were on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're on. Um, we're, on we're not on TikTok, are we? Are we on TikTok? I'm saying yeah. I'm not quite. I'm not got the. Not got no. the rhythm. But we're on Facebook. So I've asked you if you wouldn't mind going to the Whiskey Unscripted Facebook page. If you're listening to this, yep. Please go along and give us a like. Join the page. I'm just trying to fill it with content, and we do like a challenge. I thought I'd just give you a quick challenge, Gordon. I know you haven't uh-huh. done. This, or if you go right down to the beginning, you might see a crossword. Right down to the beginning. Hold on. Yep. Right. So a wee bit further down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at this. Okay, so I've got a little crossword here. And I suppose if you're going to listen to the podcast, I'm going to give you the answers. But it's all to do with oh. whiskey terms. Now, oh, two across, Hawkeye and Hot Lips are in this. Hawkeye. Is it cryptic? Not really. Hawkeye. It's a whiskey term, four letters. Hawkeye and Hot Lips. Hot Lips Houlihan. Do you remember her from this long-running television series? And Hawkeye oh. was a doctor. Ah. Uh, uh, set, set in the Korean War. A mash, medical. Mash. Mash. <laughs> so there we go. There's Mash is two across. Uh, pick anyone, Gordon. Pick anyone. Um, breathe easy with Mr. Doig's invention. That's ten letters. Breathe easy with Mr. Doig's invention. Pagoda. It's another word for that. The oh. Doig. The next yeah. one. They're in the news and ICU wards all over the world. Ventilator. The Correct. The Doig ventilator is another word for the pagoda chimney, Mr. Really? Charles Doig. Who designed the Chinese, inspired by the Chinese pagoda, first seen in Dalhuane in 1889. He also mm. designed Tamdu, Mr. Charles Doig. And we may mm. have a discussion about uh, one of the greats of the Scottish whiskey industry. So that was um, six across. Give us another one, Gordon. Under- um, uh, no clothes to buy in this one. That's right. It, you have to have a knowledge of high street fashion retail outlets. <laughs> but right. it also is a whiskey term. And it is nine letters. If you're listening to this, no clothes to buy in this one. So it's a shop then that you'll buy clothes in. 
that is also the name of a, a whiskey term. I'm not too sure you might get this one, Gordon. Uh, if I said <laughs> uh, you could have done it before this word. Oh, warehouse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever right. shop in warehouse, Gordon? Did you ever? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a place I'm shopping very much. No. If you're not listening to this in the UK, warehouse is a, 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 a chain of um, female fashion shops. Uh, warehouse. And give us the last one. And before we go to the next challenge. Okay. Um, his Bible had us moonwalking. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I know that one. Michael Jackson. <laughs> yes. And that, of course, leads in, I suppose, nicely to Whiskey Day, which I believe was on is it International Whiskey Day. And then there's Malt Whiskey. I never get yes, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, end of March is International Whiskey Day to celebrate Michael Jackson. And that's then it. there is World Whiskey Day. Kind of enough Whiskey Days, to be honest, which originally oh, was started by Blair Bowman. And that's in May, I think. That's um, it. And it's, you know, let's every day should be World Whiskey Day. So that's great. My last one with this crossword. And please, if you're not, uh, jo I just love the, he says, 11 down, Gordon, look for this in the pudding. A whiskey term. The... What is in the pudding? The something is in the pudding. Oh, there's a phrase. What is it? Uh, yes, the, there's a phrase. The, uh, <laughs> it's um, the uh, uh, what is something it? to do with the alcoholic content. Uh, the <laughs> I can't remember. What is it? Alliteration. It starts with the letter P. The proof. Proof. Yes. Oh, yeah, the yeah. proof is in the pudding so there's a little cryptic crosswords and that's uh, one of the first entries on our Facebook page and the last challenge I want to set you Gordon you posted this on, on your Facebook timeline about your love of Tato crisps I, I, well I, I yeah I did yeah I, that's true I love, a crisp. Um, I love a crisp they are the best crisps in the world if you're not familiar with Tato crisps they were sent to me by a friend of mine thank you Susanna um, they are they're just the best crisps. They're better oh. than any crisps you get in the UK. They are from Ireland. If you ever go to Ireland, eat Tato crisps. They are simply fabulous. Is that right? I would love... I've never had a Tato crisp. And I was just looking at it, and I love what people do. Um, they're called Tato. If you go to our web, uh, Facebook page, you'll see they're mm -hmm. spelled T-A-Y-T-O. Tato. So it's a phonetic spelling of the last few letters of the word potato. If you see what they've done. They've taken the last few letters of potato and just made their own spelling, but it still sounds the same as potato, tato. So I've done the same with a whiskey distillery. I've taken uh -huh. the last few letters of a whiskey distillery, made it sound the same, but spelt it different. Uh -huh. now, my distillery is called Lair. L-A-Y-E-R. Uh -huh. Lair. It's the phonetic sounding uh, version of the last few letters of a distillery in Scotland. Yes, he's got it! <laughs> yes! We had Jiri come on and give us a comment. He got it wrong. He said Tomatin. Uh, so, um, well done, Gordon. Bal Blair, Lair is the last few letters of Bal Blair and spelt differently from the way I've spelt it. Very I'm not too sure that quiz will catch on, but there are... Oh, you other... never know. We can, we can string that out, I'm sure. <laughs> So uh, one thing I'm, I think, seeing as we're now a little bit visual, and I think um, people really want to see a little bit of the sauna. So can you take us, and it's not going to take long, 
Can you give us a tour of the sauna? I, the sauna's really, really quite small, but just because I'm very, very small, it looks big. Mm. But, um, yes, indeed. And with this new camera, I can just stand up and it should follow us at the back. If you come across here, at the, the, the very back is the, the fount of knowledge, is some of the, the, the books that I've been reading. One of the... Mm. Good books. I, I love. It's just just a bit difficult to see here. So bright in the sauna is the Whiskey Barons. Ah yes, great which good. is a great book about some of the great Victorian entrepreneurs. So that's the the, the, the books there. And then there's a bit of new shelving going, Gordon. Nice. I had previous shelving with the Glen going. I put a bit of shelving here last week, and we've got this at Tamdu. We've got some lovely smoke heads moving into some more Glen Goins, a lovely legacy, and then finishing in uh, that Tamdu Edinburgh Airport edition at the oh, end there, stunning. which is stunning. Uh, this is a 46 inch television. But I put some tartan over it for my buns. <laughs> nice, nice. Tartan travel. Got one. You got a suitcase there in case you're going travelling? Well, very quickly, this suitcase, by the way, will maybe you'll not see it, but there's a television program next Tuesday night, and it features John Lumley. And in the suitcase is the clothes that Joanna put on. Whether or not it makes it to the cut, I don't want to say, but she dresses Joanna, up right as a smuggling lady smuggling the moonshine that we made on the Campsie Hills behind Glengoyne, smuggling them beneath a skirt. And this is the Victorian walking skirt that I just happen to have uh, a copy of. And you put the smuggling pouches under this look, kilt. Looking, looking good with that on. Thank you very much. And we'll have a little um, shawl which is picking about here, and the little shawl goes on your head to indicate you are indeed a, 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 a lady, and you go off into the night with your pouch under your skirt. And can that just, might... can, can I just say to those who are listening to this and not watching it, you're in a much better place. <laughs> Very my... interesting. And that is, that is the sauna. That is the famous sauna. You've even got a dartboard. Brilliant. I've got a dartboard and I've got, a, 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 you know, I used to like a bit of 20th century art. I've got a bit of a Rothko there going on for those that know Mark mm -hmm. Rothko. And yes, I've got a, a, a lovely dartboard, um, which theoretically you could actually put over the Mark Rothko and throw it at and maybe make it more valuable mm. if I was a, a modern artist. But I'm not. Fantastic. Fantastic. So that's little books, whiskey, and some clothes to dress up in. What more do you need, Gordon? That Ab is. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Now, Gordon, Whiskey Unscripted, just wanted to get a few extra features for Series 3. Love We've got lots of guests lined up, lots of insiders' guests. We mm -hmm. want to, as producers, get into the under the fingernails of the industry. Yeah. I wanted to get a little feature going. We did the 80Zs last two seasons. Mm -hmm. I just I love the history, and I just thought it would be quite nice to look at the history of Whiskey through not letters of the alphabet, but actually through physical objects. And I thought every week one of us could bring an object to the camera and the other person's got to tell me whether it's going to get through to make it to the final list okay. into the Museum of Whiskey exhibits. I like so it. could I go first? Yes, you can go first. The history of whiskey in, let's call it 10 objects, we'll do 10 episodes. I'm going to ask if I could put my tartan trues into the exhibition. 
You may want to ask me why. Why? <laughs> well, Gordon, when you start as a tour guide in Glengoyne, and it really just symbolises the tourist industry at the moment with whiskey, you get a pair of tartan trousers. And these are my pair of tartan trousers I got to become a tour guide at Glengoyne. And I just thought it would be a lovely exhibit to quantify and discuss how important whiskey tourism has become mm -hmm. to the industry uh, of, of whiskey. And mm -hmm. looking at some of the facts of the Scottish Whiskey Association, um, they've got the figures for 2019, but 2.2 million people came to visit Scottish whiskey distilleries. That's the latest figures. That's um, incredible. It's a shame it wasn't like that last year. Yeah, uh, yeah. But no, yeah. I, I agree. I think I think whiskey tourism has become such a big thing now, and and we hope it rebounds very strongly, uh, generally. But um, uh, for, you know, last year has been really difficult. But uh, I completely agree. I think it's it's something which I think the industry has done really well. Historically, if you look at where people came from and came to Scotland, a lot of it was to do with sightseeing, generally golf, a whole load of other reasons. Now people come specifically for whiskey, which they didn't do 10, 15 years ago. Um, and, and that's a really, really big thing. And, and things like Face Shield, which unfortunately is cancelled, Spirit of Speyside Whiskey Festival, which again is going that's virtual, but is postponed this year. Um, you know, it, these have been instrumental in, in, in delivering a much more a, a brilliant experience for people coming to Scotland. So I would say that's the next level, isn't it, Gordon? I've got a lovely picture. You can go and search it. Glen, uh, Glen Fiddich, 1969, the first visitor centre opened up and just really exponentially grown from there. And as you see, the festivals now are just at the next level up from visiting mm -hmm. a distillery. Mm -hmm. You can now come for a whole weekend with like-minded people and enjoy music, food and whiskey. It's just fantastic if you can get it the is. right weather, get the right weather well, and get the right whiskey. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I would agree, definitely. So that mm -hmm. is the first. And I should just say that, you know, I've got a list that's not, the comprehensive list here, but roughly some of the top performing distilleries for tourists, just in sheer numbers, Arran, Glengoyne, Harris, Blair Athol, Glenturrick, Glenfiddich, Talisker, Edgedale, Dalwhinny and Oban, roughly in the top 10. Not an official top 10, but that's as near as damn as I could get it. Yeah, I mean, I so, think Aaron. I think in 2019, Aaron was like the most visited distillery. Blair Athol, very high. Glengoyne is very high too. So, you know, I think they're like the top three. So it's um it's a, it's a yeah huge industry huge industry and you know it's it's let's just hope it rebounds with uh with a gusto and everybody can travel again and one of the last points on the whiskey tourism reading a, a few things and this, this industry has been categorized with booms and busts and one you'll never stop a big bust but one of the positives is they've never had this level of whiskey tourism surrounding the industry so if the worst does happen a lot of these businesses and a lot of whiskey can st still navigate their way through choppier times because of the the tourism oh. around the, oh, the actual liquid definitely. so that's yeah. really good so can my trousers go in they are in the they're in already whiskey? excellent excellent they're in the hall of fame they're in the hall of fame speaking of hall of fames actually yes. i was listening to the uh whiskey magazines awards the icons of whiskey awards yes. we did for the u.s last night and there was some very interesting winners Whiskey Magazine has had a Hall of Fame for about 15 years, and there's only 60-odd members, of which Peter Russell, who obviously is from Ian McLeod Distillers, is a member. 
um, and there's other Richard Patterson, people like that. But last night's inductee from the US was Fred No. Fred No is a good friend of mine, master distiller Jim Beam, and uh, really, really, uh, really happy to see him inducted into the Hall of Fame, which was fantastic. So uh, well done, Fred. Hey. Well done. Um, well done. I'll induct you into Hall of Fame, Gordon. I'm going to go into my feature, another feature that we'll be unrolling uh, over the next few weeks. But could mm. you guess this little precious whiskey that I've got in my hand? Tiny it is. I've been wanting to crack it open for quite a number of times. Right. We well, need to. You need to. You need to sort of taste it and explain it a little bit. You need to give me a chance. Okay. So there's. I'm going to hold up the camera. Quite light. Quite light, quite light. Okay, right. For a thirty-six-year-old, it's thirty-six-year-old, mm -hmm. probably in a refill cask. But we'll have a, we'll have a, we'll have a guess at that. Okay. Um, mm, interesting. You can ask very me some questions as I have a little sip. Does it have a strength? That's a very good point. That's... So it doesn't matter. I'm just wondering. No, nope. no, nope, not on the, not on the little bottle. I've got some notes back there. I think. Uh, okay. Um, right. Oh, so, 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 what does it taste of? Obviously, grain whiskey is really, really good, but they're made from a spirit which has, you know, generally a lot less flavour oh, than a malt. malt so, spirit. Gordon, you went, you've been automatically for a grain. No, I'm not talking about that at all. I'm just saying it could be a grain. It oh, could be right, a refill okay. bourbon. It could be a. It could be a, a, a range of different different products. Um, but I mean, 36 years old with that colour. To me, you know, and I don't know, you, you need to give me a little bit of a taste, but the, the, you know, it's either going to be a refill single malt, uh, uh, I don't even know if it's peated or anything, or it could be a single grain, it could be a blend, I guess, but it could be anything, but just keen to, to know what it is. I'm going to, I'm going to you're, you've, you've said it already, and you're actually on to it straight away. So go with your instincts. <laughs> well, that was Amazing. a complete guess, I was just talking yes. about it. But, uh, okay. Green whiskey. It's a single grain. Okay. Single so you grain. don't see a lot of single grains. Um, there's not that many single grain distilleries around. Um, and the reason uh, I love this is because I love the it's a lovely floral nature to it, but I love the backstory for this distillery. It's one of the um, oldest grain distilleries in Scotland. And I think it's this, it, I don't think, I know, it's the place in Scotland where the first continual column still was mm -hmm. used. 1826 onwards for right. doing continual right. column distillation in this place north of the fourth. I believe it's the biggest in Scotland, if not north of the fourth. Yes. Okay, that doesn't narrow it. That takes out a few. Yeah. And that takes out something. That probably takes out something like Gervin. Go on. Um. Loch Lomond, probably. Go on. Yes. Yep. Yep. Go on. Um, uh, and I should say, Star not Law, too far. Probably. Yeah. Star Law, it's, it's gone as well. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I should say, not too far north of the Forth. And the Forth, if you're listening, is that river just uh, north of Edinburgh as you head into the Kingdom of Fife. And that's the route we're heading up. Oh. Um, so it's the oldest one, is it? Yeah. And I was going to say, uh, as a little clue, it would be something, if I was doing a crossword puzzle, as I've done already, it'd be the director of Titanic crosses the fourth. Uh... <laughs> James. 
Cameron Bridge. <laughs> Very good. That's the Diageo. It's in, it's in Fife, isn't it? Correct, correct. It's just outside Metal in Fife, which is the coast road that you're heading towards St Andrews, if you know your Scottish geography. And that's a 36-year-old Cameron Bridge single-grain Scotch it taste like? What does it taste like? I thought it was really smooth. Didn't get any peated notes from it. And a lovely... Um, I thought I got a lot of floral, lovely grassy notes to it as well. I have to have another taste. I, I don't. I want, I want to keep it back a little bit, but um, really silky smooth. Yeah, and and you know it's not. You know, as I said earlier, grain whiskies are brilliant, and they are. There's some really really good ones out there, but they're not. You know, they they're, they are a little bit more narrow in terms of their style generally because they have generally been filled into refill sherry casks, uh, bourbon casks, but not always. Um, we touch the palm of islands there, smooth. something very uh, very smooth. That's lovely. Uh, so that's just Cameron Fantastic. Bridge grain whiskey. I mean, you're right on it straight away. Right. No, no, I wasn't. I, I, I mean, it was it was just by colour. I was going. That's refill. That could be grain, but that's that's just a colour thing. It's it was more luck, I think. Gordon, we've got another, and this is almost like an introductory episode, because I want to get some my teeth into this little section. Could we go for this? Um, stories. I love stories, and I'd mm. love to. I'd love to get the stories behind the brands. You know, you know, behind some of the great entrepreneurs that started these whiskey brands are still with us today. Some of these people, an amazing uh, tranche of stories. I'd like to get behind, but I'd also like to get behind the stories of the people that are working in the industry right now, as we are. And I think it'd be of interest to hear, you know, some stories of the past, and as the world opens up, we can maybe be yeah. out there, join the stories. And this way I would like to approach it would be almost, I was thinking of an aeroplane, you take off your land. I was almost thinking the highs and lows of working in the whiskey industry. What I would term the pot ale moments, Hot ale's pretty horrible stuff. <laughs> it's usually spread as fertilizer. Um, now take it away for biofuel. But the pot ale moments, which are not great, and then the middle cut moment, which is you know, wonderful times. Bellissimo. Um, Bellissimo. So could we start it ourselves and then we'll get people on uh, the following weeks working in the whiskey industry? Give us your pot ale moment and I'll give mm -hmm. you mine. And then we'll go to the happy bit. <laughs> um pot ale moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's been, there's, been, there's, there's been a, there's been, a, there's been a few moments. Oh, I know. Um, I think one of the probably it was a while ago. It's probably about five, six, seven, eight years ago. And I was in a masterclass, and um, I was enjoying myself. I wasn't particularly working. It was a, a, a it was a sort of independent masterclass, and uh, there was a lot of common, common, common friends there. And uh, there was four whiskies, and um, I was working for a particular brand at that point, and I didn't manage to spot my own whiskey in four whiskies. Um, <laughs> uh, it's actually remarkably easily done, um, yes. because you know if you're not, you know if if you oh, like everything in life, if you're not in that context, then you're not necessarily thinking about you know those sorts of things, and you just sort of. So there was that, and and you know that's actually the more I, you know, I I'm I'm interested when people go, oh, I can spot a whiskey, I can tell you what distillery that is, and I'm like, mm, not mm -hmm. sure you can personally. I think there's some real, 
ways of, you know, there's some really, there's so much diversity out there. It's impossible to know everything. It's impossible to know all the maturations. You know, it's just not, it just can't be that way. So, uh, yeah, that was quite a bit of a, you know, everybody <laughs> in the class was like, no, oh, good to see Gordon's on his brand. It was like, oh, so, oh. Um, so that was a bit of a funny, funny, funny pot ale moment. But yeah. Especially you've been there tasting all, all the time. I think my pot ale moments, and I, I can't wait to get more people on to discuss, is it has to be travel. You know, when you're traveling mm-hmm. and especially if you're not in the country, you know, so I was in The Hague or Den Haag mm-hmm. doing a master class on a Sunday and the flight was quite tight. So I got oh, back yeah. to the stands. The stand was, you know, I think somebody said, could you look after it for a while? I'm not saying who it is, um, but not was pointing that- any fingers at a lady called Claire Tesh who was on a uh, previous podcast. <laughs> and, I looked after the stand for, a, for 10, 15, 20. It got to 25 minutes. And I said, my plane is in just over an hour at Schiphol Airport. This is going to be tight. And she, I, I don't think I even waited. I just had to get out that. Um, you'll know where it is. The, 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 the Kirk in Den Haag. Yeah, Den Haag. Yeah. No taxis. Yeah. Nothing. No bus. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I thought, what did I do? I had my full suitcase. And I just had my phone in my hand. I said, I'm going to have to run it. So I just had to sort of run. Now, have you ever seen the start the train spotting when you're running along the street? So I was running along the streets with my suitcase, sweating. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. Finally, waved out a taxi in the middle of the street, got into the taxi and said, I have got to get the train to the airport in five minutes. And to his credit, he, he, he ran a couple of red lights. You know, he went through them very quickly. He went right up the pavement. I just gave him some cash. And I heard the whistle getting blown. And there's the doors of the train closing. And I just, it sounds like I put my suitcase in to stop the door closing. And it just wasn't funny, Gordon. You know, just this is not funny. And I'll actually get the doors open, get inside, and the doors closed. I got to the airport and the blooming plane was two hours late. You know, it's just, it's just, it's not fun when you think I'm going to get marooned in a foreign yeah, country. No, it's, and and it, ha- it happens a lot. And actually, I mean, funny enough, I was just thinking the other day, Kenny McDonald, who does a bit of work with Kenny, he was I hope there. you're well, yes. Kenny, um, yeah. of Dram Moore. If you yeah, he was there. Nice <laughs> independent bottlings. Go for go and see Kenny. Um, Kenny's had, you know, he's done a bit of work for us and some of the stories he's come back with about missing flights and oh. stuff like that. And it happens a lot, you know. The amount of times I've had to stay in, you know, uh, I've had to stay in airport hotels overnight because of weather or delays or whatever. I think one of the funniest, though, was I was in Kentucky in 2010, I think it was 2010, might have been 20, 2008. I'm not sure. I think it was 2010. And the Ryder Cup was on. It was right over the Bourbon Festival. And it was in Valhalla. In, oh, yes, yes. Um, and um, I think that's the one the Europeans got beaten in. Um, but um, I actually went, very, very luckily went on the Friday. Um, courtesy of Penderen, actually, because... Um, they were holding it the next time in the U- in the UK two years later. So they yeah, so, yeah. Pendet, so Wales was so Pendet, Penderen were there. Um, so thank you to them for that. <laughs> I yeah. enjoyed that. But um, I I remember sitting. I was in the airport flying back to the UK. So I was flying from Louisville to New York, and then New York to London, and then back to Glasgow. And I'm sitting in the bar next to the gate, and I'd sort of checked in. Everything was good, and I was w- watching the Ryder Cup like this. <laughs> and um, I'd said to the lady at the sort of checkout desk or the, the sort of, you know, boarding desk, what time does the flight leave? And she goes, oh, it'll be, you need to be, I mean, we don't know, but it'll be around about 
you know, the flight will leave at six. So I thought, well, if I'm there at five thirty, that'll be fine. Uh, and and I was in, the, and I was literally, you know, tw- thirty yards away. And I was watching the Ryder Cup, and it was getting quite exciting. And uh, I sort of sauntered back just before five thirty, and she went, "We've been calling you for ten minutes. The plane's sitting out there." And I'm like, "Oh no." flight missed had to stay for 24 hours um you know all that sort of thing luckily they rebooked it all for free so uh so um that was very good of them but yeah that was another one you're like oh really i know traveling traveling so listen just let's brighten up a middle cut moment and just perfect just really just everything worked if i'm honest you know i think some of those when you when you you know what I'm really missing at the moment, and I think this is probably is the people that you, you we all work with. Yeah, and, and I'm not talking about our distributors, although they are brilliant, and I, you know we love them all. And, and and you know, but I mean, when you go to a market, yeah. all the people from other businesses, all the people from the the whole whiskey sort of yes. fraternity, I'm missing, um, and that's the bit that I really do miss. And uh, so that's a real middle cut moment for me. And people people say to me, "Do you not?" Yeah, do you travel so much, and do you not? Um, do you not? Do you want to travel less? And well, yeah, I do, but I still would want to travel. I don't want to not see those people, do those events, get involved with them because I love it. And you know, I would have probably normally been in Canada two weeks ago. You know, in Victoria, where they do a lovely whiskey festival every year. Obviously, not happening, but such a great way of meeting so many great people. And you know, we've done so. That's a big middle cup for me. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah, yeah. I, I could go along with that as well, Gordon. Um, there was a couple of things I was going to put in for my middle cup moment. I suppose it'd be 2018. Take you back to August when I this rejoined the Edinburgh Festival. I love a lovey. I, I became a lovey again. I did the Edinburgh Festival about nine times as a as a performer in the past. This was my tenth time but under the guise of Ian McLeod and Glenn Goyne. And it was a whiskey tasting, but it was a theatre show. And there was top hats, there was Victorian outfits, there was moustaches, there was projections in the wall. What there wasn't up until day one was an audience. And we weren't too sure how the audience would take a whiskey tasting with yeah. various costumes and props. And and just as it, as it grew from week one to week two to week three, there was just such an appetite for folk to embrace a different way of tasting and enjoying whiskey, which is a wee bit more theatrical and, and bringing the stories to visual life as you sat and drank your whiskey. Mm. So that was a real, a um, couple of those nights were real middle cut moments and going back home in the train back through to Glasgow with a big smile on the face, having done a couple of great shows that day. So that was yeah. a middle cut moment from the yeah, 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 moment no. of the dead hang. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. No, I mean, it, it, there'll be lots more, and we'll we'll ask all of our guests when when they come so, on to do that. So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been it's been a long time since we've done our whiskey unscripted. It's great to be back. It's good yes. to see sauna, and uh, we just wanted to <laughs> we wanted to ease back in gently, everybody, uh, and just uh, you know, yes. here's uh, here's here we are back again. We'll have some great guests, and we are excited to be back podcasting correct correct that's the series uh, three underway gordon and says he lots of guests lined up but it's lovely to do it visually to see you as well and have a wee dram to boot and get a skirt on which has been yeah, almost right. one of the, the perfect days and 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 <laughs> when are you going to be on tv with joanna lumley do you know 
Um, friend I of believe, the show, Joanna Lumley. Friend of the show. Friend, friend of the show. And I believe her episode one of Joanna Lumley going round the United Kingdom starts tonight on British television. And uh, it'll be England tonight. And the following Tuesday, which will be the 9th of uh-huh. yes. February, UK time at nine o'clock at night on ITV. It is. So if you're listening anywhere in the world, you can do all these fancy we were, streaming. We're all- Desperate to see if Gordon Dallas makes the cut. I, I, I did ask the director phoned up a few weeks ago, and it was asking about some of the background to the smuggling ladies and uh, have the images. And I did say to him, "Am I on the cutting room floor?" He said, "Not yet." So we never know. Um, and uh, for anyone listening to the podcast, he's a little a little soupçon to enjoy the program next Tuesday. They didn't, and you know, from understanding, they said the distillery will get its mention. We'll mention distillery, but we don't want too much branding on the um, television. So, we'll, but we'll give the Glengoyne its full mention. But could you wear something else? Could you wear a jacket on top of what you're wearing? And I didn't bring one apart from a branded jacket. And the only jacket available was the lady that works in the shop, who's five foot two, called Eloise. So I've got Eloise jacket on. Uh, national television with the sleeves up halfway up my arm. I do look a little bit um, strange, uh, so I'm not too sure if I will make the cut, Gordon. But nice to be in national television with a, a, a lady's jacket on. I feel no, no, absolutely. If you're going to do it, do it properly. Well done, Correct. fantastic. Correct. Right, okay, Gordon. Well, pleasure. Salute you, that is here. We'll salute you with our lovely Tam do uh, that strength. And I had a little Cameron Bridge. You showed us the Rose Bank and a lovely Glengoyne 18. Yep, thank you. Good to see you. And we're kicked off season three. Cheers. Anjuba! Anjuba! <laughs>